Yes, sir. And welcome to the Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. And before we start the show, I just want to tell you how you could participate and reach out to us. You can always reach us by going on our email, which is Road to Damascus. That's Road, the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com, as well as follow us at Road to Damascus. That's Road, the number two, Damascus on Instagram, as well as Twitter. And our co-hosts, you can reach Shonda at Rushing4 on Instagram. You can reach Lauren at That Lauren Show on Instagram. You can reach Stefan at StephCalG on Instagram. Or you can reach me at BrockH00 on Instagram. Give us any feedback, follows, let us know show topics you'd like to hear or discuss. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce the people that's going to help me navigate the ship today because I think we got a topic that might get a little interesting. So let's first and foremost say what's up to Lolo. What's up, Lolo? How you doing? That's what I call her. Nobody else can call her that. Y'all call her Lauren, but I call her Lolo because she's my Lolo. Okay, for the word. (laughs) And our returning Jeopardy champion, the one, the only, the one who sprinkles us with nuggets and gold bouillon of knowledge. The one, the only, Rabbi Shonda. Say what's up, Rabbi. How you doing today? Glad to be in the dancery today. <laughs> glad to glad to have you here. Uh, Stefan isn't with us today. And trust me, we got a topic for when Stefan come back, that's gonna be a great topic. So we just saving that in the in the in the query, in the query until he comes back. But today's topic. When is it time to hang it up? And I know you wonder, well, who? Um, when is it time for pastors, church leaders to eventually give up that pulpit and move on and turn it over to somebody else? Um, oftentimes, and I, I've, I've been to churches um, where the pastor is older and not saying that age should always be a defining moment, but when the pastor's falling asleep during the middle of service while praise and worship is going on or repeating himself continuously or um, forgetting certain things that come with old age or, you know, their body is beginning to break down. They've gotten heavy, they're breathing heavily, whatever it may be. Or maybe you just, you know, you, you've lost touch, whatever it may be. It's not for me. We'll discuss all of that. But when is it time? When, when should it be time? Should it be the board of the church that decides when, when is it time for a pastor to eventually say, I have to turn these reins over to somebody else? Because a lot of times it seems like it's ne- it's almost like a, a, a aging athlete. It gets embarrassing at the end. Yeah. It, it gets embarrassing at the end. It's like, Man, that's not how I want to remember this person. And it gets bad. So I'm always going to start off with you, Rabbi. What do you got to say? This this is tricky. There there are several reasons why a pastor should hang it up. One is if if he's just too old to perform the job. Um the second reason is if he's incompetent to perform. It should be no different than um any other job, actually, um, on, on my job. You have a certain amount of time to prove that you can do the job. Um, we cannot just in the church have people with titles and they're never able to function in accordance with that title. Are you actually performing your job description to the best of the ability you claim to have when you accepted the position? Understanding that you're going to be responsible for a lot of people. Over half of those people are not going to look like you. They're not going to talk like you. They're not going to have your background. They're not going to be from where you're from. And, hey, they're not going to be related to you. Do you understand how to adequately deal with, heal with, and feed all of the people that's in the flock? If you can't do that without bias, without judgment, then you should step down. So you just coming out the gate on fire. You just, I mean, you I just, just answer questions. I what? just report the news. <laughs> and you do a good job 
Oh, you doing a good job. <laughs> oh, you doing a good job. So what say you, Lauren? I agree with Shonda. Of course you do. But I'm kind of going <laughs> to no, be. I'm just being funny. I'm going to play both sides. Okay. Right? No, that's cool. Oh, I like this. So, All right. Low devil's advocate. You know, most times at mega churches, or not mega churches, just churches in general, when you go to a church, if the lead pastor is like a little dry or like, a, you know, tailored to one group, they have a assistant pastor or a youth pastor that really helps bring it all together, right? Offsets where he's weak, they're strong. Typically. Typically. Nowadays, it's a lot of chiefs and, and not enough Indians. So I do believe that a pastor can stay the head pastor for as long as they may please if you have the right team around you. I mean, because if you think of organizations, the bishops don't speak all the time. They have assistant pastors beneath them or on the side of them to really help bring it all together and drive it in. They do all the footwork. They go do the praying. They go, you know, go to the events. They only come out, the, the bishops and the head pastors only come out when they really have to. So so you're saying more like a, a, a chairman. Yeah. They become like the chairman of the board where they they still. They make decisions. They make help. They tell with you the, what to do, but, right. but they're the, not doing the footwork. But, but, but somebody else is almost like the, the pastor in. Like some, somebody else is doing the day to day, yeah. As the pastor, and I like that. <laughs> I like that. I knew you would. I do. <laughs> I really do. That requires that he has adequately assembled and trained a team, yeah, to be better than him or her, who can adequately do the job. Most people don't do that. They don't train anybody. They die. And then there's a fight of who's next. Right. Because you haven't trained anybody. So you feel like I got to do it all. I got to be a part of everything. If your hand has to be in everything, if you have to touch everything, you, ma'am or sir, are not an adequate leader. Mm -hmm. If you can't assemble a team of people that you trust and, hey, not mm -hmm. making these rules based on your personal feelings, I have found that so many leaders base, make rules based on how they feel, judge what they think faith, faithfulness is, what they think consistency is. I can't be consistent based on what you require. My consistency is judged by God. Am I consistent with him? Am I faithful with him? Am I adequately able to teach the word? Am I hermeneutically correct? Because I can be here every day and still not be able to break down Psalms 1. Hmm. Matter of fact, Genesis. You know what I mean? So what's what the point say? in consistency if there's no ability? Yeah. So mm. if you can't do that, then perhaps you should. I can go outside right now and shoot a thousand jump shots a day, every day for the rest of this year, and I'll never be what Michael Jordan was. That's a fact. And Michael Jordan can shoot golf every day mm -hmm. while I'm shooting them baskets. And when we get on the court, he's going to embarrass me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Right. Mm -hmm. So the consistency part doesn't matter if you don't have the ability. Absolutely. That's not your gift. And we try to, what we do is God gives everybody a gift or a talent or whatever, whatever term you want to use. I can't expect Lauren to race an easy bake oven if her gift was an easy bake oven. It's not going to race around the house right. like a race car would. Mm -hmm. So why are we trying to make people with easy bake ovens? Mm-hmm try to play do stuff like a hot wheel would do right or why are we trying to make people with e easy bake ovens serve fresh bread to god's people <laughs> why get this woman some music please <laughs> man that's what's happening <laughs> people come to church and they leave home i was hungry when i got here i'm hungry when i leave i should at least the people that church. left jesus when they left him and walked away from his they sermon, was they was fed. They was yeah. fed. I shouldn't have to leave the restaurant to go find something to eat. No, come on. No, no. that 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 was that that was that was that was heavy. And I, I actually I like your idea too, Lauren. But this is the issue, and we all know. 
I don't care how humble of a servant any pastor is. You got to have a bit of an ego to be a pastor. I don't know about an ego. Maybe a backbone. I I wouldn't. I I I, I wouldn't say an ego. I don't. See, Lord, you get Lord, a little see, carried away no, no, with no, no, ego. No, no, no. See, no. Your, listen. If you know, oh, go ahead. Listen. If you know how to make your yeses a yes and your noes a no, it doesn't matter. You can be as timid or as bold as you want to be, but. If I have a plan and it's set in place and I it's proven that it works. See, my see, yes is my yes and my no is my no. But see, all of us, even Stefan, who's not here, Stefan is a business owner. I am a manager. Lauren, you are a manager. Shonda is a manager. So we're thinking from a managerial standpoint of your only Shonda always says a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. You and I, Lauren, know that your management skills and production is only as good as your team. And managers leave from the front, though. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is to get up there every Sunday and talk to these people and and give a word and and, and try to lead them and and, and they hand clapping. And you tell them, Pastor, that that can inflate your ego a little bit. I'm not saying you got to have a huge ego. I'm not saying... That you got to be uh, uh, bodacious and all of this, but it take a little bit of an ego, mm-hmm. and, and 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 we all have an ego to an extent. Like you know, you I can't, Lauren. If I told you you was ugly, you would be looking at me like, tuh. I say, tuh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like you, my right. sister say, I know you lying, <laughs> <laughs> but it be, because ain't nothing gonna convince you. Cause you know, you be, and you are beautiful. I'm just using that as, as an example, you. but, and you are beautiful too, Sean. Yeah, so don't, and we love you. So you. <laughs> I so, love you back. So, so what, but what I'm saying is when you have an ego involved and you're in that leadership position, it's hard for you to then delegate responsibilities to other people to build a strong team. Because like I said, so between me leaving, uh, Life Application Ministries and coming to Consuming Fire. I was church hopping, trying to find me a church home and things like that. And I saw different churches, different dynamics, the way things are operated. And I would, one consistency I noticed a lot is, and this isn't necessarily as true at bigger churches as it is at smaller churches. Their assistant pastors are typically weak that you don't even want to be there when they preaching. Cause you be like, he ain't going to bring what the pastor bring. And it almost even makes him look better. It's almost like the secular joke we make. If you average, just get a, a bunch of ugly friends and go out with them. Mm-hmm. And then you look yeah, even you better. Like you be like, bro, she's not that good looking. What do you mean? Look at her friends. Mm-hmm. Her friends is ugly. So right. she looked like a 10. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, the pastor ain't that great, but his assistant pastor is terrible. That make him look like Noel Jones, right? Like T.D. Jakes. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I do. So it's hard to build up a team in that way because it, at the end of the day, you think it's always going to come back to you. But where are you looking for the team? Are you looking at what's familiar to you, or are you looking at the people that God? Listen to me. <laughs> When you are a pastor, Lauren about to break this thing down. Listen, come on down from here. <laughs> when you're a pastor and a leader, when you are consulting God and everything that you do, he's going to tell you, put this person here. Use this person that way. It's only when we get in our own way oh, that it turns into something else. Our own way. Because mm-hmm. I can promise you, when you ask God for some direction, who you should use, who you should choose, there are going to be some people in this group that you would not have chosen on your own. Yes. And when you decide on your own, I'm going to weed them out because they don't look right. They dress like this. They don't come here every time. What you have just done is you have just messed up the ingredients in the bread. That's why you serve an unleavened bread and people are still hungry. A little leaven leavens the up. whole lump. So I'm going to say this. Let's just look at Jesus's crew. Look at it. 
Jesus had he had a real crew. He had one dude that was a traitor that was in his crew. He had one dude that loved him that would cut your throat for him, but he wouldn't die for him. Mm. Need one of them. Typical. He had a he had two dudes that if they disrespected him, they wanted to burn the whole village down. Like, oh, they they ain't listening to you, Jesus. This is called some fire <laughs> we from got heaven. It. Don't even right. worry. Don't even worry about it. We're gonna take care of this. Now, I don't know. And, and then you had one dude who followed you, but he's still skeptical of everything that you doing. Everything you saying, he believe you, but he don't really believe you. Right, let me see. Let me look. I got I need some proof. I need a little <laughs> right. bit more proof. Then you had a couple dudes that they just weren't weren't you. Like when you look at Jesus' crew, they weren't Jesus at all. Complete opposite of what Jesus is and would do. So that tells you that if your crew is just like you, then you got the wrong crew. Absolutely. We know that Judas betrayed Jesus. He never kicked him out. We know that Paul was, Paul was a trip and a half. I'm excuse Peter. Excuse me. I said Paul, Peter, Peter cutting ears off. Peter talking about, I'm, I'm, I, I, I ride and die for you. But then when the die part came. He said, well, I ain't like, really did. mean die. Right. I mean, like, I mean, physically. Yeah, physical like, death. Like, I, you know. Emotional death. Yeah, right. like, you know, not like, in real you know, life. Not like, for real. Just like when, when God told Mo, uh, Adam he was going to die, it wasn't a physical death. It was right. separation from. <laughs> separation from. Right. You had the, the sons of Zebedee asking him to call fire from heaven Mm -hmm. because this village wouldn't receive him in his word. You had Thomas who said, Hey, I need to see it. Look like you, it look like you, but I need to see your hands Mm -hmm. to know, to know what was going on. Then he eventually brought Paul into the fold. Paul out here killing folk, telling them Jesus ain't real. Mm -hmm. So your crew doesn't need to look like what a typical crew would look like. This crew don't look like what a typical crew would look like. No, it need to be a crew of misfits. And we tearing towns up, okay? Shoot. Upsetting them, okay? And, and That's what you so, gotta know. So, at the end of the day, when Jesus went out to find them, he was just looking for people that was just gonna, like, you, I see what you're doing. You a fisherman? I'm going to use your ability to bring in fish to bring in souls. Like, he was just getting fishermen, carpenters. Right. He's like, I'm going to show you how to use what you naturally do to win souls. I'm not going to change who you are. No. I'm just going to enhance what you have. I'm not changing your gift. I'm not taking your easy bake oven Mm -hmm. and turning it. Into into toaster. <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Right. And, and so because of that, they did what they did. God said David was a man after his own heart. And we know what kind of man David was when we read the word. Jonah, Jonah told God, I ain't about to do it because you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. <laughs> right. Moses disobeyed God. Jeremiah, I'm not saying nothing else. I'm going to sit right here under this juniper tree. Done. So at the end of the day, what looks like leadership. Remember, David didn't look like a leader that his daddy didn't even call him when he said, I need to see all the sons. He was right. like, I know you ain't talking about that one. Right. <laughs> he like, said, uh, I mean, why? Because David didn't look like a king. Right. Yeah. But that was the king. That was the, that king. Was the chosen one. So God don't use what, what you think a pastor is supposed to look like, how a pastor is supposed to dress, how a pastor is supposed to act or present himself and things like that. That's what we've written down. Right. What we think the requirements of that person is. But God don't look at what you look at. Right. The quote, oh, you know, I love quoting movies. The quote uh, movie with Denzel Washington, Deja Vu, when he said, Satan reasons like a man, but God thinks of eternity. True. That's a fact. We don't, we don't look at for the same things. So because we don't look for the same things, when it's time to put together a team, because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought the team that's together now would have been the team five years ago when I first started this podcast. When I first started podcast, it was me, Stephanie, and Vince. I didn't even have a woman's voice yeah, on you this didn't show. Ask right. me. I've been I, around well, I, for a long time, <laughs> and I don't even think me and Shonda like really knew each other like that, nope. like seeing each other. But now, like, I, I, I Shonda, 
I would die for you, but not physically. Like, right. Emotionally. <laughs> emotionally separation. Uh, Shonda, you ever get into a gym? Call me. Hey, hootie hoo. <laughs> I'm going but, to my bag. It's going to be true. So, so, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, knowing all of these things that I've just laid out, mm-hmm. pastors don't do that. They base it off of who's going to be loyal to them, who's in their family, because we see a lot of, usually the succession plan is your son, right? your, your son-in-law. Make sure the family you choose know how to talk to people. <sighs> Make sure you're not choosing somebody with a bad attitude or bad spirit. Choose somebody in your family that you can spirit. correct. Yep. So what that? do you mean by that? That when you notice their bad attitude and their bad spirit, that you can correct them. Like, the, don't choose a family member that you're afraid to correct. You can't be afraid of confrontation. Now, I know nobody's going to believe this when I first say it, but just hang with me. I don't like confrontation. I don't initiate confrontation. But you don't run from it. I don't. I will confront a situation when it's necessary. I think that's the attitude you have to have as a leader. Absolutely. If you avoid confrontation, you allow whatever the practice is to continue, be it good or bad. So when you don't correct a situation, what do you think the heart of that person who's doing this evil thing is going to do? It's going to be set to continue that. Because they've been allowed to get away with it. Absolutely. It's and like a kid. Absolutely. absolutely. don't correct it, they grow into So if you're afraid to issue some correction, you should probably step down. Well, I I brought this example up on the last podcast or the previous podcast when it was just me and you, Shonda, was Martha didn't care who Jesus was at all when she went to confront him about Lazarus. If you would have been here, Mm -hmm. my brother would still be alive. I know you the Messiah. I believe you are the Messiah. That's how I know that if you would have been here, my brother is still alive. And when they sit for you, you said, let the dead bury the dead. How does that make you feel? Right. She read him the riot act. Absolutely. She didn't care about his title. She didn't care about who he was. Who you are. My brother's dead. He's in the ground. Go do something about it. The test of sonship is chastisement. If you can't be chastised and still continue what you're doing, then you're not a son. God chastens those that he loves. So if you can't, withstand that you don't want to be loved by god jesus wept and then woke up lazarus he didn't look at her and be like wake your old brother up right. where the bread at right he, he ain't saying he gone he right gone he gone it's been a couple days he he gone ain't nothing i can do right he's gonna then look at his friends like she's gonna come to me like that <laughs> right you see that she gonna who she thinks she is right. does she know who i am right you know he ain't do none of that nope he was like, I better, I better I, go ahead. I better, I better, I better get him up. I better go on. It's going to be some smoke in the city. Right. That we find out what happened when Bernie Mac said he find his brother. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It's going to be all changed. Whatever I see. Whatever I see. So that's what Jesus. So Martha showed you what happened with Jesus. Because I said, I can always imagine. Like, you know, how you could see somebody coming in the distance. She saw him coming mm-hmm. and ran up to him. So you can't be afraid of con- now. That might not have been Martha's disposition, but when she got there, oh, he gonna hear my mouth today. Right, my brother's. This, this is not about to be a pleasant conversation. <laughs> right, even if she wasn't angry, she was emotional. Right, and you ever tried to have a calm, a calm conversation and, and you emotional? <laughs> when that golf ball get in your throat, <laughs> it be over. Yeah, it's, it's the done. crackling, the shaking. Oh, yeah. the, yeah. You yeah. might start crying a little bit. It's coming out. You <laughs> and I told you that you needed to be here. And where was you at? Right. Exactly. With them dirty sandals. Wash your feet right. before you come in my house. Here's your bowl. Exactly. Yeah. Like I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I was right. Most, but this is that's the moment. That's yeah. the moment. And 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 Jesus understood that. Absolutely. And still loved her for it. Yeah. If so, only people had that same mindset. Well, we don't. We don't, and it's unfortunate. I mean, there are as a remnant, but right, there's far, there, there's far and few in between. Right. So back to the to the leaders and feckless leaders and no backbones and spines and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so knowing when to step down. So all right, Lauren, because you seem like you 
we might need to put Lauren as leader when we you know? when we start our church. Lauren need to write up the bylaws and the the the. So all right, Lauren. So knowing that a lot of pastors don't put together a good team, and knowing that they might not have a succession plan in place, when is it? When then at that point is it time to step down? When is it like when? What are the signs that 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 should show like? Should, I mean, should it be like I, I, in full transparency, like our grandmother, she's mm-hmm. getting older. Mm-hmm. You go over our grandmother's house, love her to death. She's going to remember who you are. You start talking to her within 10 minutes of a conversation. She's literally going to ask you the same question three to four times. Mm-hmm. And then you might've told her something five minutes ago. And then you'll bring it up again. And she'd be like, wait, how? Like, she'd be like, oh, I just turned 40 grammy. Oh, okay. When's your birthday? Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. I, I used to have those addresses written down. And then somebody would be like, some, some, some. Yeah, you know this forty year old boy. Wait, you forty years old? Right. When you know you <laughs> when you turn forty. Right. <laughs> like. Then I just say. I just told you. I just told you, you that, like literally, like not even five minutes. Well, what ago. you right. do for your birthday? Yeah, you understand right. what I'm saying. So you had those kind of conversations. Yeah. So when do we start to look? So like, if Grammeer was driving, that's when he'd be like, we need to take her keys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you understand? It's just like that hard conversation that that like you got, you got your, your dad and you you seeing it with your grandmother, your dad's mom, and eventually having to take the keys from them. And no, it just ain't cutting it no more. When you you getting lost and Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm at and all Mm -hmm. that. When do we know it's time to take the keys? When should they start to give those keys up? Well, first, um, as a leader, you should always be developing yourself, Right. So if it gets to a point where you're not being developed and you... What do you mean by develop? Just so... So as a leader, you should be going to conferences, leadership conferences. Okay. You should be sitting in with a variety of leaders. Okay. Not just leaders that are in the same lane as you. It should be leaders that may have a different type of church. So you can actually see how they function, how they move, how they minister, you should be going around actually learning and being taught so that you can bring that back to your church. Anytime you cannot bring anything of substance back or anything that actually, then it's probably time for you to move on to the side. But it takes, again, I go back to a team because even as a leader, you still need a great team. Even for me, I work in banking. If I didn't have a great team, I would fail, but I only have a great team because I have took the time to develop myself and then develop them. But even sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. This is too much. But then that's why you have a mentor that is not in the same lane as you to say, okay, maybe it's time for you to take a step back. Or maybe it's time for you to do something different. And then you have to have people around you to be honest with you. If all your deacons and your ministers and your worship leaders are yes men, you going out the door backwards anyway because nobody around you going to tell you the truth. Absolutely. 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 So what say you, Shonda? When, when is it time for granddaddy to give up the key? One, I agree with uh now, we, we still have to take into consideration that some people complain about not being fed just because they're lazy. So we're not talking about those. As a, as a therapist, you can't have one set way of dealing with everybody who comes to you because everybody's different. So if all you have is just one way of doing it, Somebody's going to come to you and you're not going to be able to help them because you're not open enough to recognize everybody's different. And the way you deal with this person, you can't deal with that. You have to be flexible. Like Lauren said, you have to keep learning. You have to be open. You have to be teachable yourself. So when you, as a leader, only have one way of doing service or one way of teaching, and if you have to teach everybody on an elementary level all the time, because you have some who, I don't want this to go over their head. What about those who are waiting for meat? So if you have to consistently overlook a group of people and you can't pivot, then maybe 
you should you should step away. So so let me ask you this, Shonda, when, with with the explanation that you just gave, and but what if people are seeing that from the outside? Mm-hmm. You're an elder, um, and y'all start to have that conversation. Like, I think Pastor might need to, you know, reevaluate some things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how does that conversation then go? When when it's more of the outside of seeing it, but the person at the, you know, when you, when granddad is driving and you in the backseat, you like, wait, he didn't ran about three red lights and I'm not right. trying. Is, is we going to tell him? Is we going to tell him? Right. You understand what I'm saying? I think if you, if you are fortunate enough to sit on, on the board or be a part of the eldership, you do so with the understanding that, you have to be honest, you know, with your leader. Like Lauren said, you can't be a yes man. You have to be honest about what's happening, and you have to be willing to have tough conversations. Like you would have to be willing to say, okay, I'm concerned about the way things I've heard it. I see it. How can we fix this? What can we do as a team? How do we make this better? You know, or if you recognize that something on the team is a little bit off, you can't be afraid. Absolutely. You know, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you yeah. can't be afraid to have the and, – and, hey, if you lose your seat, then – At least you were honest and you can say, right. hey, that's fine if y'all don't want my – you know, I'm. that's fine because I don't want to be somewhere where honesty is not – Appreciated. Right. So let me ask you this then, and, and both of you all. So you mentioned before one is because of cognitive ability. Mm-hmm. The other is because of incompetence. Right. So what does that look like? Meaning is it like, how do you, because some people may go to the church and not know that they're going to the church of an incompetent pastor. How do I know? Cause the Bible said the blind lead the blind. They all fall in the ditch. Right. So, so how do you not, how do you know you're going to the church with an incompetent leader? And how does that get addressed then? The only thing you can do is to make sure you equip yourself. You know, that's how you know that somebody else is not equipped because you're equipped. It's like being on a plane. You get on a plane. Everybody on the plane is you laughing, you talking, you having a good time. And you see everybody's got on these backpacks, but you don't have one. You don't know why they have them on. You, you just recognize you don't have one. Of no consequence to you right now until you get to 10,000 feet and they open the door. And you're like, oh, everybody's, they, they're jumping off. I, I think I'm on the wrong plane. <laughs> you don't realize the necessary equipment sometimes until you realize you don't have it. The best thing you can do is equip yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. Don't just read it like you're reading. Like I have two books that I'm reading right now. One is The Art of War. The other one is The Gift of Imperfection. You can't read the Bible like that. You can't read the Bible like that. You have to read it. You have to have a general understanding of Greek and Hebrew, word origins. You've got to get um, concordances books, and dictionaries referendaries and dictionaries. reference books. And you, you've you got to dig. Wait, so to do all that, I got to do all that to be a pastor? I just thought I just. No, you got to do all that to be equipped so that you're not sitting under somebody who's incompetent. Oh, Okay. But as a pastor, you should absolutely be doing it because you can't sit under somebody that you exceed. I'm sorry. Moment of silence on that one. Moment of silence. You can't. What happens? When you outgrow your leader, you have to go because it's going to become a contentious situation for you. That means it's time for you to move on to greener pastures. There's someone else who has the food that you need. You can't sit under somebody and you feel like you're above them unless God tell you to stay. Unless and we know, stay. and we know some people that God told to stay when they <laughs> should have been left. Mm-hmm. So what's <laughs> Lauren's hand is over her face. What say thee, Lauren? <laughs> you know, send me some names of churches. <laughs> so exactly what Shonda said. She took the words out of my mouth. You have to read the Bible, and understand the Bible for yourself. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it doesn't matter 
with the pastor, the minister, the leader, your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother. It doesn't matter what they do, what they know. You have to know for yourself. And you should not go to any church where you don't feel fed. You shouldn't. However, as the leader of that flock, you are responsible for making sure that you are providing your best self every single time. Just like for me, I'm a worship leader, right? I have to make sure that I am consistent with my prayer life. I am consistent with reading the word. Now, there are times that I fall off. I am absolutely guilty of that. However, Transparency, we appreciate that. You have to make sure it is your duty when you decide to take a role that leads people to God with the words that come out of your mouth, the words that God has given to you or the song or whatever it may be, you have to make sure you are prepared. That's literally like going to war with no weapon. What are you going to do? Wow. You're going to die. Wow. Don't go with no dull sword. What you going to do? It's the same thing. Wow. I got the Lauren on fire today. I'm going I'm to I'm say this. I'm going to give you all a couple names I'm because you know I like doing this. When was it time for Moses to give it up? It was time for Moses to give it up when the people had Moses doing things that knocked Moses disobeying God. That's when it was time for Moses to give it up. Like Moses led them as far as he could take them. But the minute he disobeyed God, God's like, yeah, this is it. You, you done reached your pinnacle. How did we know that it was time for David to go? When they put the woman in the bed with David and he didn't touch her, they was like, oh, the king on his way out of here. So there are things that will begin to happen that will start to show signs. Oh, you, you, you know, oh, no, this ain't, this ain't it anymore. So I just think we have to pay attention to those signs. But typically what it is, because, Lauren, we've, we've seen, pastors firsthand that late 80s early 90s and you like gotta sit down gotta sit down in a chair at the pulpit i remember you don't have to just tell but i remember there was a a bishop and he was preaching he was so old he was holding on to the pulpit and they put a strap around him And secured it to the pulpit so that he would like it's it's just time. It's time. Yeah. It's just time. It's yeah. it's time. Train up leaders so you don't have to die in your chair. You should be able to step away and enjoy the fruit of your labor. You should be able to step away and look at your sons and daughters carrying the torch setting fires and blazing trails. If you can't do that, the onus is on you because you didn't train them to do so. Well, think about this. Jesus said, these things that I do show you doing greater. Mm -hmm. When he checked up out of here, the apostles did what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. They started to get his word and spread it to the point that we're still living off their word, their words of him today. Jesus took all all of them with him everywhere he went. Everywhere. You got these jokers around here now. Got one person they take everywhere with them, and that one person ain't apt or capable to get up and teach a flea out of the bag. <laughs> you got a whole other classroom of ministers that you have not poured a drop of oil into who are sitting there oiled and greasy because they're not waiting on you to do it. And they just doing what they do. Doing what they do. Because I can't wait on you. You shouldn't. If you are sitting out there and you know you're under the sound of her voice. Right. And you've been called to do something. Shame on you if you die with it still in you, waiting on somebody to tell you it's your turn. Mm. Equip yourself and do the work. You don't need a building. You don't need a pulpit to do it. You don't need any of that to teach, to preach to heal, set free, deliver, to break a chain, or to pray. You don't need anybody to tell you, okay, I see now that it's, no, no. God will validate you. 
that's the only validation, validation that you need. Absolutely. Miles Monroe once in a sermon he has said that the most expensive place in all the world graveyard. is the graveyard. Because the graveyard is filled with unfinished paintings, mm-hmm. unwritten songs, unwritten books. That's what the graveyard is filled with. Yeah. Do not die without giving everything that you got. Right. When you are done, you should be able to say, I am done. You should I have out run the race. And not rust out. <sighs> there it is. The tires is gone, but the car is still in good shape. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The, the tires is gone, but the car is still in good shape. Because you don't want, and I, and I bring it to sports, because you don't want, like, anybody who watched sports, Shaq with Boston and Shaq with Cleveland, that wasn't Orlando Shaq. That wasn't L.A. Shaq. Right. Like, Shaq, hang them up. Like Charles Barkley at the end with Houston, heavy set. That ain't you, Charles. Right. Michael Jordan with the Washington Wizards. This is waits for me. Right. That ain't you, Charles. <laughs> Michael Jordan with the Wizards. Yep. That wasn't the Jordan that we remember, Lauren. At all. At all. So it's like when you leave out of here, you want that, like, man, like uh, the bishop in New Orleans just retired. Uh, Morton. Bishop Morton. Paul. Paul Morton just retired, every, had a ceremony, everything. But Paul Morton can still go. Mm-hmm. But he left knowing it's time. Right. I don't want to get to the point. Where I would rather walk away, continue to be like Lauren said, when they need me every once in a while or mentoring mm-hmm. or things like that. I'd rather do that than them having to ask you. Like, <laughs> Please. That, please, you don't know your name anymore, right? And it's not like the people don't see it. People will continue to come, and it's the building is on fire, and and people just, the ship is going down, and people will continue to come out of habit. It remind me of that that gift where it showed a person sitting there eating mm-hmm. as the whole building right. is on fire. So, all right, let me ask y'all this as we we start to wrap it up. Why don't they look for a great team? Why don't they look for competent help, competent leadership? Why is it that they they don't do that, a lot of them? Like, again, I think because mega ministries have to be structured a certain way, you might see that more at a mega ministry because they have to have a, what, they had like three pastors, mm-hmm. two executive pastors, three youth pastors. I mean, they got a whole structure. But only 3% of churches is mega ministry. So we have to talk about the, the realism of what we see every day. Like you just said, this man is up there with a strap holding him up. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. That, that tells you they ain't having a conversation with him or the people behind him are not able right. and capable of being able to do this. Or the people are so afraid of him stepping down because they know that what's coming after is going to be horrible. I think it was Bishop Jakes who said, um, the Giants are leaving and we're being left with the midgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true, though. But Giants should be creating more Giants. Not with a trail of midgets behind because you, when I'm gone, I ain't here no more. I don't, right. I don't know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen. Moses left us Joshua. Yes. Joshua left us Gideon. Mm-hmm. You mean, usually what I'm saying, so on and so forth. Right. It wasn't like when we, you know, when Jesus left, we had Paul, we had John, we had Peter. We had, I mean, we ain't, he ain't just like, all right, I'm gone. Right. And then came back and gave them more teaching before he finally descended up to heaven. But I also think it's fear too, right? Fear. Um. If I raise up this person, right, and they are better than me or more educated or just more fun than me, my flock. The ego, but that's the ego is there. It's not going the ego to up. want me. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, well, let minister so-and-so get up here. Oh, pastor, preacher, oh, I ain't coming. Y'all let me know when minister, pastor, <laughs> such and such. It happens. It does. It's, it's 
literally churches that say, oh, I only come on third Sunday because that's when I know whoever preach. Or I only come on youth Sunday. When so-and-so preach. Because that's when I know that it's going to be different. So if if you living in fear. Well, is it is it the book of Joshua that starts off? My servant Moses is dead. Is it? I mean, I'm just, isn't that how Joshua pretty much starts off? Mm-hmm. It's on you not. Like, at the end of the day, you have to be, like, you you have to be okay with understanding that you only are here before spec and that it's all about legacy. See, I had a conversation with somebody and, I, and we said that it says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children's children. Mm-hmm. And we automatically think money. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't just mean money. Absolutely. Inheritance means a spiritual inheritance, physical inheritance, knowledge, understanding. You should be raising up. You, Me and Shonda had a conversation before the podcast about a pastor being a father. And if you are a father, you should know which one of your children is the one that you can lead and charge if something was to happen. I'm going to be leaving. Lauren, you in charge. That's how, typically how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Lauren, you in charge. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? It, it don't mean it's not necessarily the oldest. It's not necessary. It's just that one that you know. Is gonna handle the business yeah. like they should in their way. Right. When you're not there, it's not because they just like you or something like that. That's the one who you know is gonna handle the business. Right. And and I feel as though we don't allow that to happen. We just because of ego and what you were saying before that ego. I only come on the third Sunday when so and so preach, or I only like the youth pastor and things like that. And it shouldn't be that way. Like if if this person is starting to do that, then let's start a transition. Yeah. Let's, we're going to start a trend because at the end of the day, it can't be about, it's about, it's about souls. And if this person is, is more vibrant, bringing a different twist on the word that helps, not necessarily that I can't do it anymore, but maybe, I'm not able to keep up like I used to. The technology changes. Right. So I can't, like, you know, Lauren, Lauren, me and you, we can do these phones. Shonda, you could do these phones. But, like, my daughter, she know how to do these phones better than I do. Your, your nieces your, your, your nieces and nephews, 13, 11, yeah. 9, 5, whatever, they be on the phone. How you do that? I ain't even know about that. Yeah. It's okay to be like, hey, show me how you do that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what, I'm going to let you do that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we don't even do that anymore. We just kind of just, all right, we're just going to go with the flow. We're just going to go with the flow. And at the end of the day, is it because we're scared that the building's going to close when we leave? Is it that we're scared that everybody's going to leave? No, fear of being. Mm. Ooh, ooh. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. I'm the pastor. I'm the bishop. I built this. That's why you go to churches and you see all of the previous bishops on the wall. <sighs> all right, I'm going to say this. I got to say this. <laughs> I got to say this. There was a church, and Lauren intimately knows this church, that they would talk about this bishop that had passed away 50 years ago. Like he was going to walk through the, the doors of the church at any moment. I mean, the way they talked about this man was like, literally, you getting lathered up like, oh, he about to come out here and deliver a word. And then you be like, wait, he died how long ago? And y'all still talk about him like this? Which tells me that y'all had placed this man on a pedestal that wasn't even appropriate. And then when the people who took over weren't people that y'all trusted or you understand what I'm saying? That's why I even always say that's why God told Moses, I'm going to bury you. I'm not going to let you die with the people because they would have built a shrine to Moses because he was in leadership so long. No, no, Moses. Let Joshua take over so they can see his face, and you just, to them, you just gone. But don't worry because it ain't going to never be another Moses. And I would rather God, back to what you said, Shonda, if God validated the work that I did, it don't matter. 
what you say right. if you forget about me because I don't want God to forget about to me. Forget about me. Because that's the only person who I care if they forget about. Because there might come a time in my life who I forget who I am. Mm -hmm. But as long as God remembers. I want to be like, remember me. Like the cross on the thief. Just remember me. Right. That's all I need. That's it. And we don't get a lot of, because, and, and Lauren, that was a, that was it right there. Yeah. The fear of being forgotten. Mm. The fear of being forgotten. Wow. So we about to wrap this up, but before we wrap this up, the block is hot. Shonda, you got something? You know I do. <laughs> I saw, I saw this video. I can't remember who who sent it to me. Somebody sent it to me. It was this pastor. I don't know if he had made an altar call or if people were just coming up to the altar, but they were laying prostrate on uh, the floor. And he had a belt. What? And he was whipping them with this belt. And I'm like, what in the 12 years of slave is this? They're like, what are we doing? Whatever what are we, we doing? Something we've seen in the movie. You know what I mean? And I... I tell you, my question would be for like the, the second or third person who laid down after the first two people got hit. What make you stay here? Do you know? I, I looked. I saw that video. You know why he was spanking them? Why? Tides. <laughs> you know, because they could be nothing. Those were people who weren't paying paying tides. I wish, I'm not from the whole. I live, I'm from the woods. We we wish. <laughs> what are you? What what are we doing? This is a leader. Who should step down? This is what you're doing? This, you're making a mockery out of Christianity. You're making a mockery out of the church. And this is why people can look at it and say, I ain't, I ain't go, what am I going to church for? Right. They do that if at this church. is what you're getting out of it, mm -hmm. I certainly don't. <sighs> Lauren, anything? No, I mean, Shonda blew me out the water. <laughs> that ain't no way. So He was literally whooping him like, like you would, you're a, a child. I would have been on Channel 7. Four, Fox two, two all, bring all them home. Because this. So, I got one for you. I saw a video with a well-known prophet was praying over people. And he laying hands on them. And he prayed for this woman, and she didn't fall down. And because she didn't fall down, he told her she wasn't ready to receive anything. And she was being stubborn and hard-headed in her heart. So he couldn't pray for her. Mm, I disagree with that. On all levels. Who said? First of all, maybe you and, have no power. And 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 who said? Who said? That you need to fall. That you need to fall or be touched. Right. You know what? We've gotten so accustomed to giving courtesy falls. Oh, yeah, oh, like, oh, I don't want to make them look I've, bad. I've, I've, seen, I've seen somebody do a courtesy fall. And this, it, no. they was with me. And they fell. Bruh. And I looked at them after we left church. <laughs> and I said, don't you ever embarrass me like that again. Because I said, I know you ain't feel nothing. Because it wasn't no power in that church at all. <laughs> and they said, yeah, I, I didn't really feel nothing. I, feel, I said, don't do don't, that. Don't do that. Don't you do that. Don't in here. Get, right. Get and then you making this person believe you. that, like, Hey man, I've been doing this for six it's years. Right, they probably right, never happened before. <laughs> now they think they really got yeah, something. Like, they they probably never took a picture of them. Right. Now <laughs> they <laughs> like miracle signs and wonders. Right. <laughs> they be the poster child for it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, so I'm just saying. Oh. So when I saw this video, and I'm not going to call his name, and some people who listening probably seen the video. And he called this woman out. And I'm just looking like, oh, my goodness. But that's not even functioning in decency and order or love. Right. Because you're going to call me out in front of all these people. You don't know what I have going on internally. Absolutely. You don't know what my background is. I may have grew up in a church where we don't fall. We don't right. do that. Right. No, and if you come from that type of environment, you don't know. You don't know. And at, like you said, at the end of the day, like, all right, you don't fall. You don't fall. But, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, and, and where's the love in that? I don't know. I just, 
so it's that not none. that that was that was that's just ridiculous. yeah. So so that's this week's edition of the block is hot. So I thank y'all for that. But yeah, no, nah, that was a trip. So we are gonna go ahead and close out. I just want to thank you, ladies, again for uh, helping me navigate this ship today. Lauren brought the thunder, the lightning, and the heat. Absolutely. So this is hey. When, this is why we need Lauren back consistently because when you bring in this type of thunder, when you got this kind of fire in your belly, you need to have it for the masses. And if y'all really want to know, watch her on Sundays doing worship on the stream. I'm just saying. Indeed. I'm Indeed. just saying because when, when she worship, you you feel it in your spirit. Absolutely. So go ahead. <laughs> Look at her dancing. Go ahead, Lolo. Okay. So I'm going to leave y'all with this. I said it earlier. Leaders lead from the front. However, in order for a leader to lead you, you have to step up to be led, right? You cannot allow anyone around you to box you in and set you to their standards. God made you an individual. He made you specifically I'm Lauren. So Lauren, Brocky, Shonda, Stephan. He made you as an individual. No leader, no pastor, no person on this earth should be allowed to box you in and to keep you in chain and in bondage. If you have a voice, which we all do, use it. Use your platform. I don't care what it is, big or small. Use your platform and God will do the rest. Hey, man. She even ended it on fire. Good job, Lolo. Good job. Rabbi? It takes a lot of courage um, to recognize when it's over and to step down. Every man or woman should judge themselves, but not by themselves. You can't judge yourself by yourself. Check the job description for whatever it is. See if you actually measure up to that, if you can actually do the job. If you can't, there's no shame in recognizing that you can't and just stepping down and passing the baton. And I'll say this for us who sit on this panel. We make no judgments when we give our commentary. We all believe in God. We all have the Holy Spirit. And we, and we trust that. Romans 14 and 4, um, the first clause of that says, who are you to judge another servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. So when you accept the position in God's house, when you accept um, a call from God, he is the only one who judges your ability to get it done. But you know whether or not you can live up to his expectations. And if you realize you can't, there's no shame in stepping down don't be removed. Mm. Way to bring that heat, Rabbi. Way to bring that heat. Don't be removed, you said, Man. Shonda. So. Like a takeover. <laughs> Either you going to walk out willingly or we going to carry you out. Uh-oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to end it like I always end it. I'll try to have something profound to say. Um, just recently, uh, Tom Brady retired. Um, Tom Brady, for y'all know, some of y'all might know, some of y'all might not. He was a quarterback, uh, went to the University of Michigan, played for New England Patriots for a long time, went to Tampa Bay. And he'll always, probably by some remembered as the greatest quarterback ever to play the game, seven Super Bowls and things like that. Um, but the reason I bring Tom Brady up is not because he left the game on top, which few rarely do. He left – he. He retired this year at the age of 44, um, led the National Football League in yards and touchdowns and might finish in the top two in MVP voting. But the reason I bring Tom Brady up is because one time Tom Brady in an interview got emotional and started crying when he talked about his relationship with his dad and how much he loved his dad and how his dad supported him and told him, no matter if you make it in the NFL or not, to me, you'll always be a winner and how Tom Brady's major reason for leaving was his family and wanting to be the kind of dad to his kids that he never was to him. 
And at some point we have to realize and step back that when we are in these positions of leadership as pastors and bishops and elders and whatever it may be within the church, our first ministry starts at home. And if we haven't had the ability to lead at home or give the people at home the time that we have given the building, then maybe the reason that we step back and step away is that we have to start with that ministry first. And if we haven't led that ministry in a way that we're supposed to, then you doggone sure ain't going to be able to minister to nobody else. So with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you and God bless.